Hello and welcome to Solid Steps Radio. My name is Chad Russell. I am the co-host of this little show. And Kurt Souter over here is my co-host, and he is the head honcho over at Further Still Ministries. And we've been doing this show now for going on four years. And Solid Steps Radio is... Time flies by. I know it does, man. It does. Four years ago, we decided we wanted to do a show for men by men, talking about stuff from a man's perspective. Lots of lady listeners, and we welcome that. But we want to talk to the men as our primary audience. We wanted this show to highlight the story that God is writing in men's lives and also um, what it means to walk with God through Jesus Christ and with Jesus Christ. And there's all kinds of different topics we cover. And this show this week is a continuation a never-ending continuation, because our, our guest, I said this at the Listener Appreciation event, he's the Don Rickles of Solid Steps Radio. For those of you who don't know who Don Rickles is, you need to YouTube it. But anyway, uh, he was Don Rickles was on The Tonight Show like dozens and dozens of times. This is our version of it. Uh, Dr. Charles Tackett is our guest today, and he was on episode number 204 or 6. I'm going to confirm that up here in a minute. He was on our Listener Appreciation event episode 204 mr tackett is uh confirming with me and he talked about the trust metric in a marriage and today we're continuing from that conversation about what it means to be committed so chuck welcome back to the show it's great to have you it's great to be back again (laughs) (laughs) so chuck okay so we have uh at, at our last show which was our radio event um, you know, we're moving. How do we move towards this? Uh, you know, a better marriage, a greater marriage, a greater oneness and intimacy with the Bible mm-hmm. calls. And you brought up this uh, a research that's been done of of this trust metric. Right. Um, remind our listeners the mm-hmm. power of that and some of the uh, the ingredients of moving mm-hmm. in a greater way, greater way to to having trust in our marriages. Okay. Well, it was great to be at that event. I had a fantastic time that night. When we look at the research, we find that there are really two massive ingredients to building a great relationship. The first is trust. The second is commitment. Uh, Today, we'll focus a little bit more on commitment. Um, But the issue of trust has five core ingredients with it. The first key ingredient is, do you fight for your spouse? Are you for your spouse? Do you fight for your spouse? Or do you fight for yourself, for your own interest in the relationship? So if you're going to build trust, you have to fight for your spouse in the relationship, not with your spouse. <laughs> Do you get okay? that, Chad? Yes. There's a That's difference. I'm taking the, notes. The preposition speak. is with. different there. The, the, <laughs> for and with are two very, very <laughs> radical words in our language, okay? So you fight for your spouse, and uh, or you fight for your own interest. If you want to build trust, you fight for your spouse. So uh, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and they can go back and listen to 204 right. to talk about the detail. Or right. They, right, to get the details. So key attitude number two, uh, ingredient number two is, do I want to maximize my spouse's benefits in the relationship? So how much do I really care about my spouse's benefits in the relationship? So that's, in, that's ingredient number two, to build trust. Mm. So just a second here. Ingredient number three is how good am I at spotting and noting to myself the positive things that my spouse does for me. How good am I at spotting, that's first recognizing, seeing, and then noting to myself, talking to myself about the positive things that my my spouse does for me. Mm. So poor marriages only spot 50%. uh, Absolutely fantastic marriages spot in the high 80s. 
That's ingredient number three. Wow. Ingredient number four is excel at listening. And so you can go back and uh, catch several things that we talk about when we talk about excelling at listening. And the fifth ingredient to build trust is learn to listen to troublesome emotions. Learn to listen to troublesome emotions. So you're looking for, in, in that last one, you're looking for when there's some anger, mm-hmm. there's sadness, fear. Anger, sadness, fear. And generally, anger deals with unmet goals. Um, sadness deals with the loss of something or something or some person. And then fear basically deals with the issue of safety. So how safe are you in the relationship at that point in time? Okay, that's good stuff. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so Chuck, that is the trust metric. And right. how do we uh, build upon that? And now we, we, we shift over to mm-hmm. the commitment right. metric. Right, so we see in the research, we see two key issues. So the trust and then the commitment metric um, and when we look at the commitment metric, there are, there are seven key factors that we see in great committed marriages. And so the first factor is, is you have to focus on the positive, the positive components of your spouse and the positive components of your relationship with one another. So as we've talked about in other episodes, uh, positivity is a big key. Mm. And so in the beginning, you've got to focus on what is really positive about your spouse. What are the really fantastic things about your spouse? And every single day, you've got to learn to tell yourself the story of that. Mm. So it isn't just enough to note them in your mind. You have to begin to tell yourself the story of the positive things that really make up who your spouse is. Okay, so Chuck, uh, let's. Uh, a couple comes into your office mm-hmm. and... He, the guy, is, is struggling to, uh, to, to, to really note the positive things in yeah. his wife. Yeah. What, 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 do you, what do you tell him? What do you encourage him uh, what, to go back while, mm-hmm. while they were dating and mm-hmm. the, what, the things that captured your heart? Mm-hmm. while you were dating or what, what else would you do well yeah that's, that's one of the things i would tell him to do is just kind of go back and think about what those early weeks or months or years were like or think about when was the best time in your marital relationship you know what what was really good and positive about your spouse during that time okay so what we have to do is we have to be able to note those things and then in essence create a story for ourselves okay because when we tell our, when we create that story and we tell ourselves that story, that story begins to encourage us and it inspires us concerning the great qualities of our spouse. And then the other thing we've got to do along with that is we've got to tell a story about our relationship to one another, a positive story about our relationship with one another. What, what this relationship is bringing yeah. into our family, what it's bringing into my, right. I, myself, what it's bringing into those around. The, the benefits for each individual, including the kids, the benefits for the people that you minister to, uh, the benefits for other family members. You know, so you really do just focus in on, you know, what are those positive benefits that come into the relationship? And that becomes a really big key. So what, what, what happens, Chuck, when, when a couple comes into your office mm-hmm. and they, they, they really, they, they can't even hardly go down this road? Yeah. What, what well, you, when I see that, that tells me, number one, they're in crisis. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It just tells me right away they're in crisis because couples that are doing relatively well, and we've talked about the numbers in the past, you know, they're going to have, you know, somewhere around a five to 11 to one positive to negative ratio. 
Okay, and so if they're in my office and I'm, you know, observing them for three or four minutes and I see one positive and five negatives, then I know obviously they're not going to have a high level of commitment to one another. They, they, may, they may say to me, well, we're committed to this relationship, and, and that's the way they say it. We're committed to this relationship. I'm thinking like, okay. <laughs> uh, anger and commitment generally don't go together. It's like I'm forcing myself to be committed to this relationship, and that, that really isn't fun. There's nothing warm about that. So, so the first ingredient is you've just got to have, you've got to see the positivity in your spouse, and you've got to see the positivity in the relationship and continue to build that. Mm. Okay? Yep. Okay. All right. Let's talk about number two. Okay. Ingredient number two is we have to learn, and I, and, and I want you to understand when I say this keyword. These are. This is a secular researcher who is using this keyword, and this secular researcher is not terribly knowledgeable of the scriptures. So I want you to catch this. In the in their minds, in the husband's mind, in the wife's mind, they have to learn to cherish their relationship and their spouse. So when you have a secular researcher telling you. You have to learn to cherish your spouse and cherish your relationship. And Scripture directly in Ephesians 5 declares that. I think we got something that's really important. There, yeah, so you have Scripture, and then you have uh, research to completely back it up. Right. Um, t- talk about this word uh, mm-hmm. with cherish, and you're, uh, mm-hmm. and, and then kind of give a definition, and then we're going to need to take a break, and then right. we'll unpack well, the, the, a little bit more. The key more. part of cherish is tenderness. Mm. That's the key component of cherish, you know, that, that, that we have loving thoughts for the person and that we will, re, we will relate to our spouse in a tender way. And in the text of Scripture, it really is the husband nourishes and cherishes, that is, he, he's cherishing, he's tender with his wife, he's soft with his wife. There's, so there's warmth and there's tenderness in how he relates to his wife. And, and you have secular researchers saying this is what needs to occur. This, this will build a greater and greater commitment. This builds high levels of commitment. And when you have that, uh, the marriage. Uh, you, can, you, can, you can walk through the middle of anything. <laughs> Chuck, uh, we're going to continue to unpack these seven ingredients of what it, what it means to be committed have commitment in the relationship but we need to take a break right now so we'll take a break come back in the next three segments and unpack seven of these in the commitment metric that helps build better commitment in your marriage can't wait to hear the rest i need them so we're going to take a break we'll be back shortly on solid steps radio welcome back to solid steps radio chad russell kurt Souter, and we are with dr charles tackett and we're talking today about the commitment metrics and how metric and how seven items that help build a stronger commitment within your marriage. And you missed the commercial break because we were talking to have some great conversation. Go to Facebook page. You can see our live video and you can hear in between the commercials our continuing conversation of what we're going on about commitment. And if your bank is not committed to you, you need to go to Ellen and Credit Union. They have been committed to this community for decades and they're a great organization for commercial and personal business. 
and That's checking. A, a nice tie-in. Thank you. Really good. Uh, Vision First. Vision First Eye Care. Our guest has eyeglasses on right now. I've got contacts in right now from Vision First. We love them, and uh, they'll love you and your eyeballs. So Vision First Eye Care. And then Bright Star Home Care. Bright Star helps take care of folks in their most important time of, of need of life. If they need 24-hour care or just one day a week, Bright Star Home Care can help you with your aging loved ones. Okay. Chuck, okay, so the seven uh, key ingredients mm-hmm. for commitment in the marriage. Uh, r- remind us real quickly, and number one okay. is what? Number one is note to yourself the positive things about your spouse and the positive things about your relationship, and in that create a positive marital story. So that's the first one. And the second one is cherish the relationship and cherish your spouse. Now, that's a secular researcher out of Europe who has discovered that? And, and uh, cherish means tender, to treat tenderly, tenderness, yeah, uh, tenderness, soft. Um, yeah, it's hard for growing up going to man school. It's hard for us to realize that there is power in tenderness because mm, we just want to dominate, right? And we just want to power power up, right? And uh, that's that's not the so that's when, not the goal. As, as men, as husbands, we demonstrate our strength. Through tenderness, yeah, um, Peter, controlling the engine, because our wives know the engine can knock down a wall in a heartbeat. So when we control the engine well and treat them tenderly, we're demonstrating our power. Yeah, uh, Peter says that in First uh, Peter mm-hmm. three, he talks about this gentleness. Mm-hmm. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Paul, Paul writes. Okay, so uh, number three, Chuck. Number so three, third ingredient. Again, a reminder: this is a European researcher who has found that this is a key ingredient in commitment. That is sacrifice. Right, it's I, important I, I, to be able to sacrifice for one another. Right this out of the Bible. <laughs> right out of Scripture. Okay, <laughs> right out of Scripture. So, so they've discovered that. A couple that has high levels of sacrifice towards one another will have higher levels of commitment to one another. Okay, so um, Chuck, talk to the couple right now who might be struggling to sacrifice for one another. Uh, how, how, yeah, they come into your office. Yeah. What What do you say to them? What application? You know, practical applications of sacrifice. Mm-hmm that they need to begin to implement into their Mm -hmm. marriage? Well, one of the things I would say is, what does your spouse need from you right now? Okay? What does your spouse need, (coughs) excuse me, sorry, need from you right now? So take what you're thinking, take what you're feeling, don't disregard it, set it off to the side for a few seconds. And uh, focus in on what does your spouse need right now. That is a small act of sacrifice. When I'm saying I'm more concerned about you right here, right now, than I am about myself, I'm being sacrificial. So little tiny ways that we're sacrificial. Man school teaches us be sacrificial in big, huge ways. Well, no. I mean, on occasion, yes. But it's more important to be sacrificial in little tiny ways. So you don't ignore what you're thinking or what you're feeling. For a few moments, you set it off to the side and pay attention to what your spouse needs. Uh, and, and are you 
differentiating b- the difference between needs and wants, or do you include some wants oh, in I there too? I would put them both in there. Okay, so yeah, honey, what do you what do, what are, what is it you want? What is it you need? Mm-hmm. And what 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 happens if um what when the the guy I, I mean because mm-hmm. we at man school we don't even understand needs a lot of times we right. just you know the, the, the you ask that question and they're like blank mm-hmm. clueless what h- how do you help them understand what mm-hmm. her wants are what her needs are and and the little things mm-hmm. that that they they could do for their spouse well one of the things I do is I just go right to the words nourish and cherish in the text of scripture in Ephesians five. Scripture teaches you, husband, your wife needs you to be tender towards her, to cherish her, to be tender towards her. That is a need that she has. So instead of being a bull in a china shop right now, say what you need to say. Say it in a tender, soft way. But I'm revved up. I'm angry. And I'm just show (laughs) show your power by restraining that. Mm. And so in a gentle, gracious mm-hmm. way, lean, what, lean what into What controls a horse? Uh, You're the farm man. <laughs> the bit in the mouth. Yes. I, I wanted to say the whip. Um, <laughs> gosh. <laughs> but um, <laughs> just kidding. But uh, Okay. <laughs> But yeah, a little bit, I'll, you know, the bridle and the bit, and um, yeah. and and to really give direction, yeah, yeah, wow. So so be sacrificial. We control ourselves. So yeah, be sacrificial. Now the fourth ingredient is uh, learning to care about how things are going for your spouse more than for yourself. So the fourth ingredient is learning to care more about how things are going in your spouse's life than how. Things are going in your life. And now, that doesn't mean you ignore what's going on in your life. You pay attention to what's going on in your life, but you value what's going on in your spouse's life more. Okay? So, when you do that, the reality is if the husband is doing that towards the wife and the wife is doing that towards the husband, then you have two people who are fighting for the other person, who are caring, demonstrating care and concern for the other person. Commitment to the other person's thoughts, commitment to the other person's emotions, commitment to the other person's soul. Okay? So when you fight for the other, you're demonstrating commitment. And uh, Chuck, how, how would you help a guy begin to change his focus mm-hmm. to do that? He comes into your office. Mm-hmm. How do you help him do that? Well, one of the things I'll say to him is right now it's time to slow down. Because as a typical man, your mind is either stop or it's going 100 miles an hour. So let's take your brain and let's kick it down to first gear. And let's look around and let's see, let's understand what's going on in your wife right now. So right now, what emotion is she likely feeling? Right now, what is she likely thinking? What's her likely thought pattern? Right now, what does she need from you? Right now, what might the Lord actually be saying to her? And right now, you actually have an opportunity to positively, emotionally connect with her. 
So slow down and focus on those characteristics, those areas of life. And, 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 and really, I mean, these all, in one sense, all kind of blend together. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is powerful stuff. They mm-hmm. care more about how things are going in their spouse more than they are themselves. Right. Now, so understand, I, they're not, we're not, I'm not saying they ignore what's going on inside of them. Right. There's just what is their default setting? Like a computer has a default setting. Their default setting is for their spouse not for themselves. What were you going to say, Chad? I was going to ask the typical guy. I can hear guys thinking this question. Okay, so if I go up to her and go, hey, honey, what do you need? Like, learn mm-hmm. more about what your spouse, uh, things that are going on. If, if I'm not observing her, learning about her, mm-hmm. and then I go up to her and go, hey, I need you to tell me some things about you so I can learn how things are going with you. Mm-hmm. I can see that not going well for the husband to go up well, to Well, I, I would say that would uh, go over about as well as a lead balloon. Okay. So, so <laughs> yeah, you're right. Talk, it's not going to float. Talk to the guy who's going, man, I haven't really been learning and studying my wife yeah. to even know about that. Yeah. How do, how do they begin that process with that? Uh, well, that? one of the things I would say is when you're in your prayer time, Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what your wife is thinking and what your wife is feeling. Slow down in your prayer time Mm. and think through what her normal day is like. What are the good things that happen in her day, the things that she really loves? What are the difficult things that happen in her day? Think about how she deals with the good things. How does she deal with the difficult things? Think about who she's ministering to that day. Who she's Other gotta, than the kiddos. Who she's got to put up with every day. You're kidding. <laughs> who brings her additional challenges that might not necessarily need to be brought to her. Generally, that's okay. the man. Okay, okay. It's, this, is, this is conviction, Chad, so we need to take a hey, break. Speak for yourself. All right, I'm just <laughs> taking some notes here to help out. So we're going to take a break, and uh, boy, this is some great... Great stuff. It's, yes, it's convicting as a husband because I'm sitting here writing things down going, I'm not doing that, I'm not doing that. But also know that there's hope. And, and if you're listening to this thinking, well, gosh, I'm not doing any of these, today's a good day to start. So we're going to come back in the next two segments, finish these next seven, and talk about how we go in that direction. So we're going to take a break. Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to our third segment of Solid Steps Radio. If you missed the first two, you missed a lot. We're with Dr. Charles Tackett talking about the seven key uh, ingredients to a commitment, strong marriage. And uh, we want to thank for the commitment of Dan Hart Financial. If you want to find out about your retirement, what that looks like, Dan Hart can give you a free analysis of what that looks like to retire, whether you're a year or 20 years away, Dan Hart can do that. Frank Enterprises, if you have a septic tank that's not doing what it's supposed to be doing and it's not committed to your needs, <laughs> you need to call Frank Enterprises. They can take care of your septic issues and any water waste management. And also, we want to thank southernsmokecatering.com, southernsmokecatering.com. Chris Hadley is watching mm. right now on Facebook, and we're he's got the best brisket in town. Amen. So southern, southernsmokecatering.com. Thank them, our sponsors. Put some south. In your mouth. In your mouth. Okay, Chuck Tackett. Uh, uh, we, we've been talking about this, um, these seven ingredients mm-hmm. to a greater commitment, right. a greater, healthier marriage. But you brought up Romans chapter 12 in the break. Right. Uh, talk about that just a little bit. 
Okay. Um, how God is calling us to be living sacrifices, and what, what does that mean? Right. Well, in, in the break, Chad was noting that every single day we need to pick up our cross, or pick up the cross, and in essence, attitudinally go to the cross. And I just noted to Chad that, that I think it's much more important to remember the first couple of verses of Romans 12, and that is we're to be living sacrifices. And so we come alive when we, when we have a sense of what the abiding presence of Christ within us is communicating with us. We come alive when we pay attention to what is the Holy Spirit saying to us. Mm. So, so if we have the attitude of, okay, okay, towards my wife, I need to be a dead sacrifice. Well, there's no life in an actual dead sacrifice. Funny thing about a dead sacrifice, it's dead. There's no life in it. Yeah, I think it's what so. Roman twelve says it's yeah. a be a living sacrifice. Yeah, that's okay. And Jesus said, "I am the resurrection that's and right. the life." Yeah, and so you know we need to focus on that life and the life giving mm-hmm. Christ in us. Yeah, this what what you're describing here in 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 many ways. Mm-hmm. We need to do our part, but we need the help and the power of God to, to really yeah. do this. Yeah. This is leaning into the power source of he can be our helper. Mm-hmm. He is our strength. Um, he is our fortress. And we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. Right. So, okay, mm-hmm. so Chuck, um, okay. uh, you, you... Number five. Yeah, number five. Okay, number five is learning to habitually maximize your spouse's positive qualities and mentally minimize their negative qualities. Maximize their positive qualities in how you think about them and minimize their negative qualities in how you think about them. Now, understand, I didn't say deny their negative qualities. I didn't say that. Just don't make a big deal out of it. Focus on maximize their positive qualities. That's the better way to go. That builds high levels of commitment. So make a so what you're saying really mm-hmm. is make a big deal out yeah. of the, the the positive things that you see in your wife. Yeah. Make a big deal out of it. Yeah. Well, in the beginning, make a big deal in your own mind about it, and then make a big deal out of it in front of her. Well, you might not make a big deal out of it, but you might just simply say, "Honey, thank you." Honey, when you do that, that means a lot to me. Mm. Now. I, I can hear, I, I, there's that little voice in my head. I promise it's not mine, but I can hear a guy say, but wait a minute. What if I make a big deal of her, uh, if I maximize her positive and minimize her negative, that mm-hmm. negative never going to change. It's always going to be there. And what am I going to, what are we going to do about it then? Oh, I, I, if I had a hundred bucks for every single time a man said that oh, to me, my goodness. See? I could buy a Wahoo. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so good. If it's that prevalent there, it talk is. about that. It is. Well, I, I just simply, you know, I simply say to the guy, okay, let's say you in some amazing way fix every single thing that's off in your wife's life. You fix all of it. Do you have a relationship with her now? Or do you just have somebody that's fixed, somebody that's repaired do you have a relationship? No. You just got a fixed wife who's going to get recruited by another team. Mm. Okay? Because you don't have a relationship with her. That emotional connection is the key. 
Yeah, you, uh, you mentioned that, Chuck, at our last, right. um, our la- the, the power of this emotional connection. Yeah. And how that is so pivotal yeah. in the relationship. Okay, so let's say this coming Saturday or Sunday, we go into worship and we sit there and we just sing the songs in a very monotone way. That exciting? Boring. Yes, and how fast will people be turning around and looking for the doors? Yeah. If we're going to worship in full emotional response and full cognitive thought response and full you know, soul response, why would we want to take our emotions and deaden them towards our spouse? What purpose would that serve when God created us as emotional creatures? We didn't get, any, we didn't get emotions after the fall. God created us to be emotional creatures in the beginning. Mm. The fall corrupted and injured that. The fall didn't take it away. So um, in light of all of that, mm-hmm. then we, this positivity and maximizing their, your spouse's uh, mm-hmm. qualities. Yeah, yeah. Um, now the, the actual research term they give to that is pro-relationship cognitions. <laughs> That's our, our kind of secret you know, research language, pro-relationship cognitions, or am I thinking about you and about the relationship in a positive for you manner? How do you, Chuck, how do you help a guy mm-hmm. who comes into your office and you can tell mm-hmm. it's, 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 it's going south. It's yeah. been, it's been going south. Well, what? if they're in my office, it's going south. <laughs> okay. Okay. So yeah. how, how do you help them turn that around? Mm-hmm. Well, it's just, you know, I'm going to, for just about every couple, I'm going to start with, if they're not in a major crisis, I'm going to start with, okay, what are the positives? Let's dig in. Let's find the positives and let's build on the positives. Because it's in the positives that we experience relationship. Mm. Okay. It's in the positives that we experience the relationship. You know, think of it this way when Jesus saved you, were you instantaneously depressed? Or did you praise him? Were you thankful that you had come to faith in him? Were you celebrating that? Were you looking forward to being baptized as quickly as you could be baptized? Because you have to acknowledge the work that he had done within you. Okay? Mm. You just have to respond, and the response has to be positive. It's got to be praiseworthy along the way. So um, one of the things that my daughter used to mm-hmm. do when she was like in fifth grade, she goes, okay, at the dinner table, let's go around the table. Let's tell, us, tell everybody what we like about each other. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I'm like, wow, that's – we need to regularly yeah. be doing that yeah. in our marriages. Have to. Okay. Have to. Let's go okay. to number six, Chuck. Okay, number six is – now, again, I want to I say this, these are terms from secular researchers. The secular researchers say that we have to nurture gratitude. We have to nurture gratitude for what is in the relationship rather than build resentment. So we have to nurture gratitude for what we have in our relationship with one another rather than nurture resentment for what's not in the relationship. So in one sense, it's it's gratefulness in our hearts. It's yeah. gratefulness to God. Well, that we have to nurture it. Mm. We have to think in ways 
where we nurture, where we cultivate, where we grow, where we, to use the biblical term, nourish gratitude, feed gratitude, grow gratitude. Okay, and this, these are what secular researchers are saying. Chuck, how do you, how do you help a person um, who is not mm-hmm. full of gratitude? How do you help them? Yeah, well, sometimes I'll just look at them and say, okay, um, in the last year, how have you been blessed? How have you been blessed? Has anybody said anything to you that's been positive, encouraging, encouraging, nourishing? Do you have anybody on this planet who actually believes in you as a person? Do you have anybody on this planet who's actually for you as a person? If so, then you've, then you've been blessed. That's someone to feel grateful for. And what occasions has your wife or your spouse actually been for you? Mm. Then allow yourself, allow yourself to feel grateful for that. So we have the secular research to say if you want to build high levels of, high levels of commitment, then nurture gratitude. View gratitude as a little plant that you have to protect and you have to grow mm. so that the gratitude can flourish in your relationship. Yeah, and I can, I, I can see where there's, if there's lots of gratitude, mm-hmm. generous portions of gratitude, yeah. um, that it's not only being nur- nurtured, but um, resentment dwindles and it can and, and generosity of gratitude continues to grow yeah. and wow what a the health of the relationship so let me let me put two words together that we typically don't put together okay we need to be greedy for gratitude mm. greedy for gratitude yeah okay well chuck that's number six mm-hmm. we need to take a break and we're right. going to grab number seven next segment and we'll wrap it up we're right. going to take a break we'll be back shortly on solid steps radio Welcome back to our fourth and final segment. If you want to hear the in-between on the commercials, which we have some great conversation, and we're going to have a little bit of bonus material, go to our Facebook page, like our Facebook page, Solid Steps Radio, and we video, do a Facebook Live, all of our shows. There's more content there than what you're hearing on the radio. And uh, we want to thank our sponsors. Uh, The Southeast Outlook, it is a newspaper that talks about what's going on in the Louisville area, but also what's going on around the world and God's kingdom and what he's doing in people and through people. And we also want to thank Dr. Eric Veal, uh, his family, Iroquois Family Dental. Uh, Eric Veal is a great family-friendly dentist office. He's got two locations, one Southwest, one East End. Uh, We want to thank him for sponsoring our show. And also Veritech. If you have a generator that you need to have installed in your business or home, or you have a generator that needs to be serviced, Veritech can take care of all of those. Want to thank them for sponsoring our show. Okay, so Chuck, we've mm-hmm. got uh, seven ingredients. We mm-hmm. we plowed through the first six, and now right. number seven is number seven is they feel blessed to be in their relationship and to have the spouse they have in life. They feel blessed to be in the relationship in their marital relationship, and to have the spouse that they have in life. And, now, and, okay, that, go the ahead. word blessed is is noted by a secular researcher. 
Secular researchers don't classically use words like blessed or sacrifice or cherish. But those, that's what they found. These are the seven characteristics that if you build all seven of these characteristics into your marital relationship over the weeks, months, and years, you're going to build high levels, very high levels of commitment to one another. Um, it sounds very similar, Chuck, to nurturing gratitude. Yeah. I mean, they kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. When, there's, mm-hmm. when you are having gratitude in your heart for the relationship for your spouse, mm-hmm. you're also going to then move towards feeling blessed that they mm-hmm. are a part of your life. And yeah. they, I mean, they just kind of feed on one another. Yeah. Yeah. But I, at the same time, I actually have to say to myself, I am blessed to have the spouse I have. Um, I'm not denying that there are challenges along the way. Okay? So I'm not taking a boat on the, on the river of denial. Mm. Okay? I'm acknowledging that. At the same time, I am choosing to acknowledge that I am blessed to have the wife I have, to have the spouse I have. And I'm going to acknowledge that to myself every single day, multiple times a day. And when you do that, are you, Chuck, do you encourage guys to actually say that out loud? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not just to mentally think it, Mm -hmm. but to out loud say, Lord God, thank you Mm -hmm. for my wife. Thank you for my bride. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Now, sometimes we don't, sometimes we don't want to say it out loud for this reason. If we say it out loud, it becomes more real to us. Hmm. And the more real it becomes, the, the more afraid we become. Uh, what, what do you mean? We, afraid of what? With greater blessing comes greater responsibility. And possibly greater challenges. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so Chuck, in the mm-hmm. break, we were talking about um, when you combine this trust mm-hmm. metric, which we talked about in the last show, right. and now this commitment metric, when mm-hmm. you combine both of them, right. what, so we, so what we happens? Have, so we have researchers out there who've been focusing in on what happens when you have high trust, a high trust metric, and a high commitment metric. What are, the, what are some of the characteristics of that kind of a relationship? Probably pretty good. Yeah, well, they lead <laughs> off with there are high levels of romance and passion. Chad, did you catch that? Catch okay. that? I did. Guys out there, are you paying attention? <laughs> you build high levels of trust with your wife. You build high levels of commitment with your wife. Then she can relax and allow herself to feel more passion towards you. Uh, All right, I, guys? I, I, I'm trying to think of... Um, a Weisenheimer comment here. Just don't uh, do it. Don't don't ruin the moment. Don't ruin the that, moment. We don't uh, need Chuck, it. Chuck, that's, yeah. that's powerful. Yeah, that really is powerful. Yeah. Okay. What, what, a, what? A wife can't set herself emotionally free. She can't set her soul free if she doesn't feel high levels of trust and doesn't feel high levels of commitment. She ha- because high trust, high commitment brings safety into the relationship, and if the relationship is safe for her then she can be less inhibited. She mm-hmm. can set herself free even more. Wow. But okay. then what guys say, what most husbands say is, well, if you would do this for me, then we would have high levels of trust and high levels of commitment. And husband, if you think that way, keep it to yourself. 
Don't ever say something like that to your wife because you just pulled out a shotgun and blew your foot off emotionally. Mm. Okay? High trust, high commitment precedes high romance and high passion. What, what other qualities do you okay. see when those are combined? Well, when we combine them together, one of the key qualities, <laughs> excuse me, sorry, in this is um, the couples just don't have good sex. They make love to one another. Mm. When they're physically intimate with one another, they are 100% there with one another. They're not distracted. They're not just having sex. They're fulfilling love towards one another. They're experiencing love for one another while they're being physically intimate with one another. There's an intimacy going on Mm -hmm. that is not just a mechanical, physical exercise. Yeah, it's not just an athletic event. It's a soul-to-soul connection when you're being physically intimate with one another. Wow. Okay? And so we see you put together high levels of trust and high levels of commitment. You have that characteristic. The next one is typically spouses will say to themselves that there's no one in this world for me except you. So it's really saying every single day, I choose you again every single day. I don't want anybody else. I choose you again today. And I wake up the next day, I choose you again. <coughs> Excuse me. Wow. The next day, I choose you again. That's good stuff. Now, how much of this is um, internalized as opposed to letting our spouse know these things? Both. Okay. It's doing both. Doing both. Uh, so, so it, 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 great question, Chad. It begins with an inward experience of that. Yes. It begins with that inward personal experience of that, the emotional cognitive thought experience of that, the soul experience of that, and then the expression of that inward experience to the, sp- you know, to the spouse. <coughs> Sorry, guys. So, um, Chuck, what, what are some other qualities? Okay. So, again, we'll, we'll double back to two other qualities, cherish and nourish. The cherish factor and the nourishing factor, just as we noted in the previous seven that are high levels of commitment. So, so you have to bring in the cherishing, you have to bring in the nurturing from the commitment piece of, of the metric, commitment metric, into the relationship. The next one, then, is the high gratitude. That has to be brought into it. Um, and then along with that, you've got to get into this habit of stating to yourself the positive qualities of your spouse and not focusing in on the negative qualities of your spouse. Yeah, that's, and, and mm-hmm. I, I think to me, Chuck, that is so yeah. critical. Yeah. We as men, we have to think positively. Chuck, it's been mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm. awesome to have you back on the show. Thank you. Um, thank you for coming. Thanks mm-hmm. for sharing uh, this research and, you know, really what's really right mm-hmm. out of the Bible. Amen. But would you pray for us guys that we would, would that we would as men that we would lean into this kind of marriage and this kind of trust and commitment mm-hmm. um, so that we don't lead we don't go down the betrayal metrics which right. is a, a whole nother show down the road. Well, we'll do a couple of shows maybe if the <laughs> Lord blesses in the future. Okay. <laughs> would you pray for us though, Chuck? Right. Please. Thank you. Okay. Lord, thank you for the privilege of meeting this day with with Chad and with Kurt. I pray, Lord, you'll take what we shared with one another this day 
and uh, receive honor and glory from it, and that you would encourage the husbands out there and the wives out there to understand that if they're committed to building high levels of trust and high levels of commitment with one another, that they're going to have an unbelievable experience of connection and unbelievable experience of intimacy with one another. Lord, thank you for the privilege of being here this morning. It's in your name I pray, Lord. Amen. Mm, amen. Thank you very much, Chuck. Thanks, guys. Thank so if you are just picking up on this and just hearing this, we've been talking for four segments about how to build a better commitment within your marriage. There were seven items. If you didn't hear those in their entirety, and you say, man, I want to hear some more of that, go to our Facebook page, SoundCloud, or iTunes, and just click on uh, or just type in Solid Steps Radio. So iTunes, Facebook, or SoundCloud. Or you can also go to furtherstoministries.org. That's furtherstoministries.org. Click on the mic, and you can be connected to all of our podcasts. And we also, again, we're going to have a stick around for a few more minutes, talking a few more of these items here that talks about what what a high-trust, high-commitment relationship looks like. And we're going to have some of that on our bonus segment. You're not going to hear it on the podcast, but you will see it on the Facebook live video. So uh, check into that, and uh, we'd love for you to pass this along to someone else. The only way people hear this usually is just word of mouth. So if you would pass this along on your Facebook page or send this podcast to someone, that'd be very helpful. Thank you for listening to Solid Steps Radio. Okay, now, Chuck, let's, uh, we'll just uh, run through some of it. We won't hit okay. all of them. Um, but uh, one of the things that I, I'm seeing here, mm-hmm. uh, it says, When apart, mm-hmm. we think of and savor our spouse's positive qualities. Right. Yeah, so that means, okay, uh, when I'm out and about, you know, uh, and I'm not in Kim's presence, I'm going to focus in on, reminding myself of the really good things that make up who she is as a person. That I'm carrying her in my mind, that I'm carrying her in my heart, Mm. that I'm carrying her in my soul when I am not with her. Mm. That's good. Okay. Yep. Now for me guys, I, you know, I don't mind traveling on occasion, uh, but the time I hate traveling is when I'm alone in the hotel room by myself. I hate that because Kim's not there. And that's when the travel part hits me, and I, I just don't like that. So the way I deal with that is I just I'll give her a call and we'll talk, um, but also I'll spend time just thinking about her and enjoying what we have with one another. Mm. Okay, so let me let me uh, focus in on a couple of other ones that we have here, Kurt. Yes, go ahead. Um, the, the focus on the we, not the me. Mm. Okay, we just see that in high trust, high committed relationships. You know, we're just uh, the default setting in our computer brain is, okay, I care about us. I'm going to focus on we. I'm going to focus on us. I'm not really going to focus on me. The next one that I love a lot is both invest 100% in the relationship. Both make the commitment to give 100% to the relationship. I'm not going to give 50%. I'm not going to give 90%. I'm sold out. I am committed to this relationship. You know, when I, when Kim and I moved to Louisville in late 1990, um, I joined a group practice in January of 91. 
and uh, they gave me kind of an office warming gifts, a series of office warming gifts. And the one that I remember is one of the one of my colleagues gave me a gift, and it was a little pendant, and on that pendant it said, "Kentucky or bust." <laughs> I love that. I still think about that because that was my attitude. I'm going to build a practice here, or I'm going to go up in flames. It's going to be one or the other. Okay. Or in the old days, when the, when the sailors left the port and they got to the new land, most of the time, or many of the times, the captain burned the ships. You're 100% committed to where you are right now. Otherwise, you're not going to make it. Yeah, that's good. Got to have a high level of commitment. Got to say that to yourselves, okay? Um, the next is emotionally, cognitively, physically, relationally, spiritually. We're working to be one together. We're working to understand all of those elements about who we are. We're working to be one together. The next is learning to set a high fence around your relationship. <coughs> Excuse me. That is the high fence around your relationship is I'm not going to let other people intrude into our marriage. Mm. I'm not going to let that happen. Okay? So one of the rules I've had for a number of years is um, I don't ever go out to lunch with a woman. Never do that. I don't go out to supper with anybody. I, you know, I'll go home and have supper, okay? Um, if I had to you know, do something business, it's going to be a lunch, something like that. Um, but, you know, so I don't let a woman have any kind of contact with me. I don't. Not because I'm against women. I'm not. You just have one. I have one. And that's enough. Okay, so why would I want to lower the fence and let another woman have any real attention in my life? It serves no purpose for me to do that. So you have to build mentally, emotionally, you have to build a high fence around yourself and around your relationship with one another. You don't let other people begin to come into the relationship. Then the next one is, um, do, is we do not denigrate... <laughs> Or excuse me, we denigrate other potential relationships. So let's say somebody's out there, guys, some, some woman is out there, and she's tempting you to have a relationship with her. From the get-go, you have to denigrate that. You have to insult the possibility of that relationship. I'm not saying you are, you are obnoxious to the woman who wants to be intimate with you and who's not your wife, but you denigrate what would happen there. You speak to yourself about the reality of what would happen there. You speak to yourself about the reality of what you would be destroying. You speak to yourself about the reality of how, in essence, you would be hurting that woman. Even if she appears to want to have a relationship with you, you are, in fact, hurting that woman. Mm. Okay? You're not protecting her. You're hurting her. It reminds me of what Steve Farrar talks about in his, in his book, Finishing Strong. And he mm -hmm. says he was counseling a woman, and on the way home... Um, this is the third counseling session. He was thinking in his mind, you know, if I was single, mm -hmm. I would probably ask that woman out. And that's when it clicked. Mm -hmm. And he said he, he went straight home and he told his wife, mm -hmm. he said, I, I, I just had that thought and I'm just, went, I, I'm, I'm bringing it to the light. And he said, I made a practice from then on out. I will only meet with a woman one time to counsel with mm -hmm. her. And then after that, I'm going to refer her on. Yeah. And uh, it's just being really, really cautious and, be, and, and very aware mm -hmm. of... What's well, learning to respect women. Yes. 
What else you got, Chuck? Okay. Okay. So another one would be um, we focus on being loyal to one another, and we consciously think about how can we go about being loyal to one another. Okay. So what do we need to demonstrate to one another that we need to be loyal to one another? So we we really, in a big way, focus in on loyalty. Okay, because if we're not consciously being loyal to one another, then we're not going to be as observant about somebody who's trying to come in and trying to have some sort of a relationship with us. Mm. Okay? Yep. So I'll give you this saying. Um, I remember this day specifically in grad school. Uh, Dr. Colwell was one of our professors in, in, in the clinical psych program, uh, clinical psychology program. Um, and for probably 20-some years, Dr. Colwell had practiced in Southern California and had uh, worked with a lot of actors and actresses in his, in his practice down there. Um, and he, had one, he, he told us this story. He had one actress say to him on one occasion about how great and how wondrous and how special he was. And he looks at the woman and he says this. He says, this is what I do to keep a roof over the head of my family and put food on the table for my family. Now that may seem rude, but what was he doing? He said, this is what I do professionally. This is a professional relationship. That's what it is. I go home and have the personal things the deeply caring, tender, personal things. I go home for that. I have a responsibility here, and I will do my responsibility here well. That's what he was saying to her. Mm. So we keep tight boundaries there. So we produce, we build and produce this loyalty. Mm-hmm. Okay. Another big one is we learn, we build and tell a positive story to ourselves about our marriage, about our relationship. So, so think of your relationship, think of your marriage as a story. And think about how are you going to tell that story to one another? How are you going to tell that story to yourself? How are you going to tell that story to one another? What will your story be that you share with other people? Okay, we are a story creation. We love stories. Yes, okay? we do. So we have to tell ourselves a story about our relationship, about our connection with one another, and it's got to be a positive story. And then the last one I'll note note very quickly here is we need to say to ourselves that we need to stay in love for a lifetime. We need to stay in love for a lifetime. Um, About, uh, let's see, it's been about four, four and a half years ago, uh, one of my nephews, Michael, got married. And we're sitting in the the pew uh, prior to the wedding and um, Kim looks over at me and kind of elbows me a little bit, and she just looks at me and she says, Chuck, just look around the room. What do you see? You know, and I'm just there kind of looking around a little bit, just kind of enjoying what's going on. Um, and I said, honey, obviously I'm not seeing what you see. <laughs> so, so it would help me if you would just say what it is that you see. And she said, when you look around here, Chuck, you see that all of the marriages that are in the pews for both families are first marriages. And that's a gift that is being given to Michael and his soon-to-be wife, Farron, mm-hmm. who actually, guys, is a fantastic opera singer. She has a stunning voice. <laughs> and she's got a great heart for the Lord, too. That's a gift. 
that's a story that was given to them. And it's a part of the story of our, our general family, too. And it's a model to follow for the rest of their lives. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Very much so. So let me give you this concluding thought. This is one of the themes that I live by in my marriage. Um, typically, when we think of 1 Corinthians 13, we end with the greatest of these is faith, hope, and love. But it really, the thought doesn't end there. The thought ends in the first two words of the 14th chapter, the first verse, 14th chapter of 1 Corinthians, and that is pursue love. So if love is the greatest, what's the only logical conclusion to draw? Pursue love. And when we pursue love with our spouse, we're going to build high levels of commitment, high levels of trust. And then when temptations come along, we'll be able to deal with that stuff pretty doggone successfully because we'll be open with one another about all of that stuff. Yeah, and we and and the 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 betrayal. Right. If we fail to build high trust, if we fail to build high commitment, we are in fact building betrayal. And there, there actually is a what, the, what is now called a betrayal metric. We know what happens when betrayal will happen. We actually know the steps, the eight steps that come to betrayal. And we're gonna we're gonna do a whole nother show at some point in the future. And in uh, 2020, hopefully. Right. Chuck, thank you so much for sharing. Thanks, guys. It's been fantastic. Thanks, Appreciate guys. it greatly.